Hello and welcome back or welcome to, more so welcome to since it's our first one, the Tea Talk Podcast, where two non-cis people talk about a topic that's hot in our minds and do a drama recap at the end of every month. On this week's episode, I, myself, Enigma, and my co-host Jack, Greetings. We'll be discussing the ins and outs and our opinions on cancel culture, the cancellations, and what we think about the entire ins and outs of what exactly cancel culture does. Okay. So, we have a list of topics that we would love to talk about during cancel culture. However, firstly, I feel like we should put in a disclaimer that we are going to be talking about, obviously, influencers in specific. And some of these cancellations are going to have very graphic uh, statements and graphic sayings from both myself and Jackson, considering, you know, we'll talk about people like Jeffree Star, who is a fucking race roach. And um, we can't really talk about that in a sensitive way considering all the allegations the racism etc and other different scandals as well so i just kind of want to pop a disclaimer to say look the fuck out because i mean the topics the topics and the conversation isn't going to be cute sweet and pg sweetie and if you're coming here for that i mean you're listening to a queer podcast you shouldn't really expect pg shit great okay perfect so do we want to start with my first topic that's Okay. It sounds like a good starting point. So my opening point, because <clears throat> me and Jack both made our own little notes app that Jack chose not to write in until last second. Um, slander. Slander. It's literally not. I wrote, you know what? We got to talk about cancel culture. <laughs> so we have our own little notes. And the first note that we have down, which is my note, is uh, cancel culture can be used to hold people accountable, but in most situations leaves absolutely no room for growth. Now, what are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about cancel culture? Does actually better question. Does cancel culture actually leave room for growth? I think not. Well, I think an important point off the bat is some people that do get canceled are shitty people doing shitty things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little bit more complex yes. when it's not shitty people that maybe do things that are in the gray area. But I think what happens after that, whether it's shitty people or regular people that are getting canceled, it almost seems like the response is so violent, mm-hmm. vehement. And that, I think it's yeah, also, growth is, it's always yeah. dependent on the person, violent from both directions. So like a good example of this is like Jeffree Star, like his fans will defend him to fucking death and they will defend him violently to death as well. And so it's, but then you have also other content creators who get canceled violently, like Billie Eilish, who was ripped an entire new asshole, right? So it's, it's also a matter of like, when is it like good to defend your content creator and like your influencer and like whatever you want to call it to death? And when is it okay to like rip like a child's asshole open live on fucking Twitch? (laughs) That that's true. And when we're talking about growth. It's like, does that content creator generally want to grow and learn lessons mm. from the cancellation? Or are they someone like Jeffree Star who just wants to save face and sell more makeup? 100%. Not actually. And oh. I think a point like this, it's hard to not acknowledge, I mean, who we're talking about here, which is like Jenna Marbles, like realistically, who is, I think, the first person that comes to mind when you think about cancellation and growth. Jenna oh. had such a problematic past of like what she's done, and yet she still faced the iron grasp of quote cancellation 
with the fact that uh, people were calling her out for it. And she actually did like what we've seen online, her transition from like raunchy Jenna to like what near the end of Jenna Marbles uh, YouTube career was right. Yes. And it's kind of like, but there were still so many people that were arguing, oh, but like, she still did this. And it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, realistically, what Jenna did isn't really for you or me to decide if it was okay, considering uh, neither of us are the demographic a part of it. But we are viewers of Jenna Marbles, and therefore, that's another thing, actually. As viewers of someone, you kind of have to um, choose whether you forgive them or not, even if it is an issue that doesn't affect you. Not in the sense that, like, it affects you, but in the sense of, like, is this something that I can bring myself to continue watching this individual for? <laughs> like, can I accept their apology? Not in the sense of, like, I think I have this kind of uh, almightiness over this specific minority that isn't my minority, nor did I get affected by but rather from a stance of like, can I continue to watch this person after knowing what they've done? Yeah. Exactly. And I think when you're talking about Jenna Marbles, I believe the video that got a lot of hate was her impersonating Nicki Minaj, right? True. That and another one where she was um, doing mocking stereotypes of Asian culture as well, of uh, Eastern Asian culture, where she uh, now, please don't fucking cancel me because I'm giving context, but I believe the quote was, and mind you, this is a quote, so once again, hold your shit if you're going to come at me. I believe it was something along the lines of, uh, ching chong, ching chong, I got a little ding dong. Sorry, that was racist. I believe was the exact quote of the line. Well, and that's interesting because at the time that I'm sure those videos were posted, not that it's right, but I feel like all the content creators that wanted to make comedic things did that like racial stereotyping thing. So it was a mm -hmm. thing of the times that lots of people did, but then these content creators that are still around that content gets dug up. It's like, yeah, it, it hits very differently these days, you know? Oh yeah. You have to kind of watch everything. Well, and actually, you know what, this is a great way to lead into a different point, which is like, Actually, it's the same point, but it's it's the sub point, which is kind of the idea of like, are we looking at this in context and do all offenses need context? And like, obviously, in certain situations, yeah, you do need the context. So that's a great point. It's like, well, at the end of the day, yeah, no, is what she did excusable? No, of fucking course not. But yeah. also was what she did anything like outlandishly crazy for the time? No, like everyone who was white on YouTube and getting clout was doing things like that for, quote, comedic purposes. Some of these people are still around to this day. Mind you, these creators maybe not around since Jenna Marbles, but you have people like iDubbbz, Shane Dawson. You even have Philip DeFranco, who all made these like really raunchy, edgy jokes who still have pretty thriving careers to an extent to today. And I mean, question for you. So in your content creators... Would you rather have them keep that content on their channel so you can see that one, they've kind of evolved, and two, they're not hiding what they've done so then people can know, like, hey, I'm owning it, this is what I did 10 years ago, or would you rather people try to clean up their record so as to appear as though they never did that shit? See, I have two answers for this, which is funny, considering, um, for those who don't know about this podcast, I do YouTube, I do Twitch, I do all that, right? 
So I have two answers, which is the influencer answer, uh, the enigma that's like, oh, yeah, like da-da-da-da. And then I have, like, the me answer, which is... So for me personally, as a viewer, I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I would like it up because I want to know... Because firstly, I think there's the no there's like the issue of if you don't keep it up, it implies that you have something to hide or that there is potential that you are not happy with the growth of your character to an extent. And it's like it's this notion of kind of like, well, if they're hiding this, does this mean that they could possibly still hold these views and just don't want to show it? And then there's the other side of me who is a content creator and understands like the fear of being canceled to an extent, because even if you have never said anything problematic in your life, which is a fucking lie on a side note, lies. (laughs) even if hypothetically you are the Virgin Mary who, mind you, wasn't a virgin. She fucked someone else. Let's be honest. But (laughs) if you are the Virgin Mary who never did anything bad in your life, uh, there is still going to be that fear of cancellation. There is still always going to be that fear if you are posting stuff online, even myself, like, I'm afraid that one day maybe my raunchy humor won't land or something will be taken out of context. And in that case, I'm like, no, I think people should always remove it, especially because I do not think the internet right now is at a place where people will ever, like, not even just people, because I think people will, but more so the majority of people will ever look at it in context or at a gauge of kind of growth. To me, I think the internet currently will always look at it from the context of, okay, well, they said this at some point, so therefore they're racist to this day. And I think that, personally, I think anyone who does YouTube, anyone who does anything like that, should 110% honestly just remove their shit anything problematic just because i don't think it's safe for them people don't see that as growth they see it as you're hiding something exactly or you haven't changed and you're still a racist piece of shit hello and welcome are back. your two content creation options basically precisely yeah and that's the that's the nervousness is it's like like realistically you would think it would do the opposite because like for me personally like i said i'm the type where i'm like if i see someone literally standing there and put having their youtube videos up like i always commended jenna marbles and philip defranco who used to have their videos up of their past uh content and how inoffensive or not inoffensive sorry that's the wrong word offensive they were and how inoffensive they have become or their strides into becoming better humans as an individual but i think with the fact of how society currently works, and specifically by society, I mean internet society works, because they're very two very different things, right? Regular society and internet society. I think that I would rather have any content creator that I love take all of their problematic shit down, because although I appreciate seeing their growth, I would rather them have a safe career where they can survive and I can continue watching their content forward than having to see, than me basically fulfilling the, oh, my content creator's grown as an individual fantasy that, like, I want to fulfill. The parasocial relationship, if you will. Yeah, I think that's interesting that you're speaking from both the content creation side and as someone who consumes content that other creators make so you can kind of see both sides of this yeah no win coin yeah and well that's the biggest thing recently especially with like influencers so many influencers get canceled nowadays and it's not that you know i don't know how to put this without making me sound fucking problematic myself but there is a degree of, I guess the best way to put it is like skepticism or just like general worrisomeness about it. A good example of this actually was uh, the James Charles scandal. Here, let's talk about real fucking scandal, shall we? Let's talk about real cancellations. You know, James Charles, who's still uh, getting a million views after being a confirmed pedophile. 
That's yeah. alleged, by the way, James. Don't sue me. It's alleged, even though there's lots of screenshots and proof. It's alleged. They lend proof to the tabloids lend proof to the fact that he's done some shady shit with underage people. Yes. These are the facts. That's alleged. <laughs> I exactly. Know. Yeah, just make sure you say a legend. That's the one thing I should preface. Say a legend to these things, because I'm not getting sued. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I think with, like, especially the James Charles situation, when it first all came out, for me, I was hugely a part of the first Dramageddon. Sorry, maybe it wasn't the first Dramageddon. I don't even fucking know what it was. The Bi-Sister era. We'll call it that, because that's what it was. The Bi-Sister era where James got canceled, James came back. James got canceled again. James came back with this big boom pow. It's Shane Dawson, Jeffree Star, and Tati. Tati comes back later. All of a sudden, it's just Shane Dawson and fucking Jeffree Star. Who the fuck knows where we ended with that? I still don't know. I'm still confused. I still think the whole world entered the Twilight Zone during that period, and no one actually many, remembers the same thing. Many people are confused, and no one yeah. understands. I don't think anyone knows actually what happened, and we're just sitting here. Granted, that is obviously, there's two things there of the fact that it's like, well, we weren't there, so we don't know. But I mean, not in just that. I don't think anyone even knows what happened to the videos. All the videos have been re-uploaded, and I still don't think we know. I still don't <laughs> think we know what they are. I think it was all fake, and it was all fucking Illuminati. I don't fucking know. It was insane, basically. <laughs> but with that... And how James basically, when they when he had come back, he proved like, no, these people are literally lying on my name, which I still think that that evidence is solid and proven. But then we see things like now our more recent cancellation of James, where, you know, cancellation, even though he's getting a million views still, uh, it's proven that he is talking to underage men and uh, solicited uh, sexual, we'll say favors of sorts from these underage men. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, when it first all came out, I was like, oh, great, like, more people are trying to slander another queer creator. Because we also have to acknowledge with cancellation, uh, I think your point is the best. There is a certain amount of vulnerability to every single, like, minority or community. For someone like a, a oh, good example, it's like Todrick Hall got canceled for allegedly not paying uh, his backup dancers with no proof of the time. And... It was all literally just mouth to ear. Like, it was a he said, she said situation. And Todrick Hall got fucking dragged through the mud. Why do I think Todrick Hall got dragged through the mud? For something that was so little as paying not all of his dancers, but only one dancer had come forward. I believe it was because Todrick Hall is a black out gay man. And if Todrick Hall was a white twink or even just a white straight guy, I do not think anyone would have paid no mind. And everyone would have just been like, oh, okay. Like, and? Yeah, it's like the burden of proof for white cis men who are content creators. Like you could give them, their fans, all the proof in the world sometimes. They don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. How dare you come for their content creator? Oh, God. But if they're women, they're queer, they're people of color, God forbid they're not cisgender, mm -hmm. then it takes one rumor all of a sudden. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's why I was so nervous with the James Charles thing and why I didn't instantly believe it. Not for the fact that I don't believe victims, but for the fact that also the media has a history of painting uh, specifically the narrative of gay men are predators. And that, mm -hmm. what if this is just another example? And that is why the original James Charles shit blew up. Because the media is so ready to go, 
oh, no, it's a gay man. He must be a predator. When it's like there's no actual, there was no physical evidence at the time. There was a she said, she he said situation between Tati and James. And James hadn't released their story yet. And people were instantly like that. And although I always say believe the victims, there was an amount of skepticism. I believe the victims. But there was skepticism there of like, is this another moment where the media is painting James as a gay man to be a predator? Exactly. Yeah. They ran with it, it seems. Oh, yeah. There was going to be true or not. And I still think that there were probably a few, because James did actually end up, like, proving a few people who had come out uh, were fake and alleged stories during the thing. Granted, the ones who he didn't disprove, he didn't say anything about, but we won't talk about that, will we? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Millions and millions of views on the newest videos, whatever. Uh, Not bitter at all about that. But, yeah, so... Even even with the fact that James, you know, at least in my book, uh, allegedly is totally to blame and is totally the problem there, uh, he still had people come out and make fake things up about him because it was easy to do. Uh, which really puts a spin on this whole conversation and who is really going to suffer for this new violent cancel culture that we find ourselves experiencing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like, it's weird, especially with cancel culture, because, I mean, especially my perspectives are so mixed on it, since I am a viewer as well as a content creator, so I'm like, yeah, 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 like, you know, if someone's being a piece of shit, I, and being, like, dog shit, yeah, 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 cancel culture makes sense to me, but then also I'm like, but I'm also a content creator, and if, like, something's taken out of context accidentally, should everyone just instantly end that type thing, why... Like, so much violence towards, like you, you you said, there's a lot of violence and a lot of threats and negative, overall, just negative emotions instantaneously thrown at someone who's canceled. Before they can mm-hmm. even speak up, half the time is the best part, too. It's true. And so I kind of, if you're okay, want to switch gears to the apology bit. Uh-huh. I know you had... Some things to say about whether apologies from content creators while they're getting canceled are valid or not. Yeah, so the original point, to give some context, is is an apology ever going to be valid? And uh, is there ever going to be an apology video that matters with how saturated the market is? And this is mainly just because it it seems as though no matter what a YouTuber, influencer, or celebrity does... An apology will never be seen as genuine. And that's not even for the fact of like, you know, they're all following the same formula. It's simply for the fact that cancel culture as a whole, I think, has become so fucking normalized that literally half of the commentary community of people who are canceling these individuals will make jokes being like, can't wait for an apology video. Da 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 Up and coming mm-hmm. YouTubers. Even myself, I make jokes on stream saying, oh god, I'm gonna get cancelled. And I literally have live on stream quoted the fucking stupid ass Logan Paul fucking apology. I have made a severe lapse in judgment. <laughs> like, it, it's such a meme at this point, and not just a meme, but so oversaturated, that is there ever going to be an apology that people are going to be like, oh, like, this could be genuine or this could be acceptable. Does it even matter whether content creators apologize or not at this point? Uh, yeah, a lot of times, actually, a good example of this is Nikita Dragon. Nikita Dragon has gotten in. Nikita Dragon was a part of the Jeffree Star controversy, a part of the James Charles controversy. She was friends with a famous pedophile, Tony Lopez, allegedly. Um, and 
She never spoke up about any of it. She has race baited multiple times in her career. She has uh, been uh, transphobic as a trans woman multiple times in her career. And she has never apologized for anything once. And she's still thriving. I genuinely think Nikita has figured out the method of being a uh, content creator, <laughs> which is being controversial and not saying anything about it. She always never apologizes. And if she does talk about it, she usually doubles down. And that's the best part is that we see these like James Charles, for example, comes back. I'm so sorry. I let my fans down. Da, 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 da. Fucking whatever. You could do the insert Laura Lee fucking video of her like fucking spraying eye drops into her eye to like make it look like she was <laughs> crying. Like and then you've got people like Nikita Dragon, who is so entertaining not entertaining in the fact of like what she's doing is entertaining, but for the fact that she gives so little fucks about holding she just herself keeps accountable. On carrying on. Yeah. Doesn't care about herself being accountable. And it's so little fucks that it's like, yeah, I am racist. What are you going to do about it? And it's just like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. What are we going to do about it, actually? Like, nothing. That is so interesting. So it's like admission of guilt. Pretty much. Uh, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, deserved so deserved but then if you don't admit that you're guilty which i think i mean that was kind of the case with shane dawson for the longest time until he came out with those bullshit apology videos was it not where he just well, didn't say anything yeah and you know what's so unique about shane dawson though is that so shane dawson's one of those like characters that is like in and out of like pop i theorize in a year from now everyone's gonna love shane dawson again because this is, like, how his career has been steadily because Shane Dawson has conducted himself in, like, basically, how do I describe this beyond a fucking snake on YouTube? Because he has <laughs> consistently, every single time, like, Shane Dawson really has mastered the YouTube algorithm in the sense that he has eras and he sheds his skin frequently. So, originally, Shane Dawson did, like, really edgy content, da-da-da-da. When edgy content started to fall out of the wayside, he started doing more vlog-based content and more personal content based on himself. And then we got into the Shane Dawson era of, like, doing, like, basically uh, children's content of, like, testing out dumb things from Dollarama or making, like, stupid food hacks, et cetera, et cetera. Then Shane Dawson leaned into the conspiracy era where he started doing conspiracy stuff, da 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 And then from conspiracy, oh, we went to documentary. And then from documentary, we went to more, like, back kind of to a vlog style to more of, like, a comedic thing, but with more so documentaries in between here and there. And it was very interesting because... I, I honestly think, I'm pretty sure every era Shane Dawson has, like, managed to keep doing this because his criticizers outgrow his content and he gets a new fan base. So, mm. and I think that he gets away with it because anytime someone criticizes him, he gets this new fan base. So, best example is from his personal videos to his more child-friendly videos. He went from these, like, personal videos of, like, probably what I would deem the demographic to be my age currently, which is, like, uh, teenagers to, like, young adults that kind of demographic of like oh we want to see like a raw side of shane we love shane we want to see a raw side of him and then he Odd. went more into yeah a raw side of him being his raw cock going into his cat but sorry that was, that was <laughs> i'm sorry um <laughs> so this is not a pg-13 podcast please alleged. leave if you are under the age of 18 thank you yeah i've already gave that preface if they're still here honestly fucking i'm not their Double parents we're not their parents <laughs> as nikki said they have parents <laughs> um, yeah we're not your parents get the fuck out if you don't appreciate the content exactly but literally i think because he transitioned like that all the people who like were like oh my god like he's like racist pedophilic and like shown bestiality things uh 
I think because all of his fans, first off, were so young, which is a big thing too. All of Shane Dawson's like young fans, I think especially have called him out recently because I think his young fans from the child era stayed to the documentary era. And when he got called out, now they're all teenagers and are learning to think for themselves and are all formulating their own opinions on him, especially because the content turned into more adult themed or more so like deep thinking content. The documentaries were very based on like, mind you, I will say, was it actually deep thinking? No. Was it masked behind a guise of like, oh yeah, like if you think really hard about Jake Paul being a fucking sociopath, he is. Yet, well, we also had a therapist who was painting sociopathy as like this evil thing. So clearly she shouldn't be licensed, period. But <laughs> yeah. so it wasn't actually something you thought deep about, but it, the content made you think you were thinking deep about it, which was perfect, I think, for his high schooler demographic or teenager or even middle schooler demographic, because it made them feel, I think, like they were a part of the conversation of the like bigger things in the world. And I think that transition from his kids really helped. But then when he got called out, because these people started thinking for themselves, that's why they kind of catch like wildfire more than before. I think Shane Dawson actually failed his snakeskin this time. Because it's not like any of this stuff is new. All of this stuff had been called out. But he always got away with it. And it's because he always would do the shedding of the skin, the snake of YouTube of going from content creator to content creator, you know, whoring himself out to all these other content creators, getting into a new clique, like... You wouldn't believe it, but, like, Jenna Marbles and Shane Dawson were once friends at one point. You wouldn't that fucking have guessed it. So. What? So if you're a snake, you ingratiate yourself. Well, that's what I mean. Well, like, they're also successful, yeah? Always did that, and that's exactly what it is. He literally was in, like, almost every, like, big YouTube group at any point. Like, to the point that, like, it, it was kind of, like, surreal to watch him, like, do a collab with Jake Paul, of all things, because we had seen Shane Dawson be, like, you know, a fucking adult at this point. And then he's going back to collabing with kids channels. But when you look at Shane Dawson's history, it made sense. It made so much sense that he was with Jake Paul because, yeah, that was his next transition. Not only was that going to allow him to fucking transition forward, but also on top of that, he gets a brand new audience of Jake Paul viewers who are all children who he can manipulate. And the apology is still insincere as fuck. But Did you ever see his up. apology? I did not. Okay. His apology was great. And do you want to know why it was great? To all <laughs> tie great. back to the apology thing. So uh, one of the things that, at least in my opinion, mind you, I will say, this is my opinion as a white person. So realistically, Jenna Marbles didn't apologize to me. I do not have to accept it. However, I do have to choose whether I would support Jenna Marbles after the apology. And personally, I would, because I think not only has she given the proof that she has changed as an individual since she made those very offensive and very horrendous jokes, she has also provided evidence to show that, not just said it. Like, she was very clear in the fact that she was like, I'm going to apologize. However, I have already apologized for this. Also, I think my content has proven that I am no longer this. With that said, what was very entertaining about the Jenna Marbles thing is because the Jenna Marbles, and I will say that's not an unpopular opinion either. Most people agree that Jenna Marbles' uh, apology was good and that it was basically what an apology video should be in the sense of like, it wasn't a matter of, oh, like, I'm sorry for what I did. Oopsies. It was a matter of, because the biggest thing, and I think the issue I have with apology videos, as well as I think most people do, is that apology videos always, right now, are, we'll say, our trend for apology videos, because let's face it, the trend at this point, is... <laughs> trendy. The, yeah, exactly. Is the notion of, oh, I'm just not... I'm going to try and be as discreet with what I did as possible, so that way anyone who doesn't know about the situation just goes, oh, this sounds genuine, but never actually does it. 
And so this is best exemplified by, like, James. James did not fucking talk about any of the situations that he couldn't disprove. Anything that he couldn't disprove were not said during his apology. Jeffree Star chose to deflect his situation by using Breonna Taylor's name. That was real cute. Totally not racist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so on and so forth, right? Whereas Jenna Marbles not only told us what she did, she showed us. She took her laptop, she put the video on screen, she said, this is what I did. She explained to the audience, especially, and this is especially, I think, important to me, because she's not only, like, you can say that the explaining is, like, babying her audience, but if someone watches that as a kid, and they have Jenna Marbles go, I did this at one point, that's not okay, and this is why. That is now taking not only the extra step to apologize for what you've done, but teach people after you why what you did was wrong and why uh, you as an individual need to apologize for it. I think to a T, I don't think you could really, in my opinion, critique Jenna Marble's apology for anything except for being very empathetic and very apologetic to the communities that she harmed. And I don't think you can argue that she didn't. With that said. So in your mind, that's what an adequate... Peak. meaningful apology yes. would look like. I don't think contexts. you have to do as many steps as Jenna did because I do think Jenna went above and beyond as she always does. I mean, the woman apologized for buying fish. You can't get more <laughs> pure than that. But I do want you to show the viewer what you did. I want you to state how it was wrong, why it was wrong, what you're going to do to prove that you are no longer like this. And you're not only going to do that, you're going to continue to do that beyond the video. Yes. And we get rid of like outlaw that god-awful fucking line where some of these content creators are like i'm so sorry if this offended anyone or if you were offended by this or if this upset this video wouldn't happen if you didn't offend someone babe yeah there's no point yeah i agree there's no point making that line you know what though jack fuck you and if that offended you that's on you i'm sorry (laughs) for you being offended about me saying fuck you it's well, like, and there's still no acknowledgement of the fact that the content creator did something that was wrong. Yeah. It's putting it all on the people that are hurt by and it. And more times than not, like, the only context in which the, that type of thing is good is if you personally, like, hurt someone's feelings in a sense that you didn't realize hurt their feelings. Like, I'm sorry you felt that way. I think it's genuinely a good thing because everyone's emotions are different. And you can't really, if you stand by, like, your action... And in what you did. So say, for example, Jack, I ate your fucking tater tot. And that made you very oh. upset with me. And I go, well, I'm sorry you felt that way, but I was very hungry. That's basically me saying, I feel justified in what I did, but I am sorry that it did offend you. <laughs> that's true. And I think that's, that is still genuine from me, because if I didn't say that, I'd be fucking lying to you. The tater pop was fucking bomb. But <laughs> I think that that's the only context. So when you say like a racist, something that's just straight up racist, sexist, misogynistic, homophobic, go down the fucking list. Then, you know, you can't make the guise of like, oh, I stand behind this and I'm sorry you felt that way because then you're just basically saying that you stand behind like homophobia. Or for example, the James Charles situation, when you sexually assault someone, allegedly, or act in sexual behavior with a minor, allegedly, You can't sit there and just be like, I'm sorry you felt this way when it's like, bitch, you committed the act and it's, this isn't like a matter of opinion or feeling. Done tangible harm to another human being. That's a good way to put it. Tangible fucking harm. Up for debate. Yeah, exactly. But 
to further elaborate just on the to recircle back to the Shane Dawson thing and how what was the funniest part about the Shane Dawson apology was he opened it like this, which one of the best YouTuber openers I've ever heard in my life for an apology video. I don't remember if he actually wrote it like this, but he said it during like the opener at some point and he was just like Due to Jenna Marble recently making such a moving apology video, I have decided to hold myself accountable for my actions <laughs> and then continue to make excuses for his actions. He compared himself live on air to Jenna Marble's apology video where she actually held herself accountable and actually sacrificed so much to hold herself accountable. And he was like, I'm I'm just like her. She's inspired me. And it was like, bitch, inspired what? Inspired what, babe? Not an apology? And I, I think, and you can disagree with me on this, tying himself to Jenna Marbles. Worst thing you can do. It's like, you're, you're trying... See, I think the opposite. I think he's trying to be like, look, I'm just like Jenna... I mean this so much. Like, look at what Jenna did. I'm doing the same thing. I think I'm apologizing the same way. No. I, I think you're right if it's not Jenna. Because Jenna's apology was so polarizing and such a huge thing on the internet. I'm sorry. But it was a cultural reset from, like, an internet standard for the sheer fact of what Jenna Marble's apology stood for. In the fact that so many people were in, like, the agreement of, like, oh, my God, Jenna Marble's apology was good. What the fuck? And in the fact yeah. of it was, like, actual accountability that I think because Jenna Marble's apology was seen so much in one way, Shane Dawson, who was getting so much hate at the time and was so disliked, I think him comparing himself to, at least in my opinion, at this point, I don't mean to fucking suck Jenna Marble's dick too hard, but an internet saint, for Shane Dawson to, at the time, be the scum of the bottom of the internet shoe, at least at the time... I think it was the worst thing he could have done because it's basically like if I were to go into a church and go, the Virgin Mary wasn't that tight. I think I could do it. <laughs> like, and if a Christian heard me say that in a church, I would probably get, you know, fucking, you know, I mean, I'd already probably be crucified for be being queer, but on top of that, they'd just be like, oh yeah, and chop, chop their dick off too or something like that. Like, I don't know. Something crazy. Just Christians. travel is just so great with the comparison. Yes. I think if he would have done it to like, I like, anyone else who had like an apology video that like recovered even like for example could have been like me and jeffrey or something because jeffrey at that point wasn't like loved but i mean jeffrey's got a dedicated fan base so shane could have at least got the dedicated fan base to be like oh yeah shane's just like jeffrey or something like that whereas not only especially because jenna marble's fan base and demographic was widely different from shane's i think as well was a big thing good point realistically when you apologize or not that this should be what you do, but at this point, with apologies being basically an industry plant of, like, what to do and how, you know, every single apology video has, like, at least three producers in the fucking back, like, with cue cards. Okay, you're going to say, I'm so sorry for my actions. They have affected. No, stop it. Don't look at me. Look at the fucking camera. Like... <laughs> You know, that's exactly what's going on in every YouTuber apology video. So for Shane Dawson to compare himself to that, 
And just like in general, especially like these apology videos are not ever for the actual victims. They're for the fan bases. They are for Shane's fans. He's not apologizing to Willow Smith for sexualizing her when she was a child. He's not apologizing to the Smith family. He's not apologizing to the black community for the very racist and insensitive things he said. He is not apologizing to the children that he affected during his harmful actions. He is not apologizing to any animal rights activist for the danger and harm that he has allegedly caused to animals. He is apologizing to his fans so that way they can go, but Shane apologized so I can still love him. No, fucking Debbie, you can't. Shane's a piece of fucking shit. Well, and that's, that is actually a great point. Like, cancel culture, it's such a flattened effect mm-hmm. because it's really about the fan base. Mm-hmm. So victims of the thing aren't even taken into account. Like, what they would want from it is sometimes that creator silenced mm-hmm. or to apologize, but... Cancel culture itself is not equipped to deal and adequately address no. complexities of that situation. They're just there's like, no... cancel this person, they're done. Yeah, there's no reparations, right? That's what it's called? or is it... Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's no reparations to make up for the act that has been harmed. And actually, this is great to lead into the question, does cancel culture actually work? And I think no for that exact fact in the sense of like, if you have a big following, you will always be fine. Look at look at James Charles. Look at actually okay, well, actually no, James Charles is a pretty bad example. I was gonna say look at a worse example, but actually I think James Charles is pretty pinnacle of bad now that I've really thought about that one deeper. Good thing I fucking woo, wipe the brow. Um look at another good example though, the baby, who literally, I'm sorry, you can't paint it any other way, was just homophobic and transphobic, like to a T, and is just that. He literally is homophobic and transphobic, and you cannot change my mind because he fucking doubled down, and he literally just proved that he does not give a fuck about queer people and just wants to make money off of us. You cannot prove that anywhere else from me, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He lost a few bookings, so that way companies could be like, we don't hate gay people, but I... He stood up. He's going to fuck... Yeah, exactly. We stood up. Yeah, with your fucking multi-billion corporation. Yeah, you stood real fucking tall, didn't you? Like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. In literally probably a week, he'll be booked at, like, who the fuck knows? What Lollapalooza's over. Lala Panini. Like, I don't fucking know what these music festivals are called <laughs> nowadays. Like, he'll be fine. Another good example, Billie Eilish. Who I will say, a big thing, too, I think when we're talking about these um, these cancellations, although we're kind of talking about them in a comparison way, I do think that there's definitely got to be some continuity in the sense of, like, don't look at us going, like, look at James Charles and Jenna Marbles as if they're, like, on a same scale by any stretch. And I think that's something exactly. that needs to be clarified because... Not that, you know, I don't think viewers don't have brains, but, you know, some don't, and for some reason need everything to be clarified. So, for those who don't have a brain and need me to clarify, I'm not comparing baby saying, you know, homophobic things to Jenna Marbles, like, fucking being a bad fish parent. I'm not comparing James Charles being a literal, like, pedophile, allegedly, to Billie Eilish, like, possibly being racist and maybe not even being racist. And if they are racist, like, it was when they were, like, fucking 15 or whatever. Like, I'm not saying those things are comparable at all. But I am saying if you're talking about the guise of cancel culture, you do have to kind of explore all the continuities of it. It's a big topic in conversation, which I've actually said to Jack prior to recording this. If if it were my way, this would go on for three fucking hours. However, this is a podcast and I would like to make it digestible. So it'll probably only go on for an hour and a half to 45 minutes. And we will probably end with having lots of other thoughts to say. 
So maybe one day we can make a part two if that's really something that people fucking want. But it's a matter of there's so much details and like inner workings of cancel culture that it's like we can't possibly like really be like every single time we talk about cancellation. James is not as bad as Jenna. We put Jenna in the A tier of cancel. We put James in the fucking C tier. Like, no, we can't do that every fucking five minutes. Right. So if we do say anything about any specific individual or use examples, it's not us to say so and so is worse. So and so is better. Well, and it's so like there's so much context. How old? Mm-hmm. How old is James Charles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Eighteen. Got I got the notes totally. Not googling it right now. So, anyway, you no. Know, twenty-two. Because of technology, right? He's twenty-two. You become a co- content creator in this age. Your content stays around forever. Oh, forever. Somebody can dig it up. But mm-hmm. if you were a content creator. Exactly. If you were a content creator on like, you know, circa AOL, Jeffrey Star MySpace, post... exactly. When he literally made like was a Nazi, like made an entire company called Lipstick Nazi. Exactly, and then that content, because of the of the date, kind of disappears. But now all your content just stays on the web, ever. So mm-hmm. are you going to tell me there weren't content creators 20 years ago that said even worse things than all these content creators today, but they just have the benefit of their shit disappearing? Well, and you know what's the face of the earth? Another you know? example of this is like the overall, I don't, I don't want to get too big into this, but like even like the concept of media as a whole, look at how fucking racist media was not even 10 years ago, not God. even 10 Still years is. ago. <laughs> Yeah, still is, obviously. But at, <laughs> at least it's like subtle racism. Like, it's not that bad. God, POC just yeah. need to get over it, totally. Like, I'm more so saying, not saying that it's not extremely racist now, but I'm just saying, like, you honestly, like, it wasn't that long ago when, like, white people were saying the N-word on, like, the big screen. Exactly. It was just a thing that was okay, but because we don't have records of it or don't have, for example, because here's another good example is it's not actually real and it's not cancelable if it didn't happen online. That is a great point. If there is an evidence that the internet can't bring to light online, it's not cancelable, even if the action happened. And, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 on that in the sense of like, you know, I think that not everything first off needs to be an internet thing. It's like, but it, how do I even describe it? Because it's weird in the sense of I'm like, it's cool in the sense of, like, not everything you do can be picked apart to pieces. Like, I've said problematic things. you said problematic things. We've all said problematic things. Like, we've all done it before. But it's like, if you do it on the internet, it's always going to be picked apart. There will be absolutely no room for any sort of nuance at all. Whereas if you do it offline and no one knows about it, and no one says anything about it on yes. the internet, it didn't happen. It's like, it's, like the, it's like the thing. If a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, does it fall? Exact. That is exactly right. If and someone says the N word in fucking private, say like fucking Billie Eilish is listening to a Nicki Minaj song right now and she says hard R N word. Did she? We didn't hear it. <laughs> we didn't see it. And that's like kind of like how cancel culture is in that sense, where it's like, oh, like couldn't have happened if like whatever. It's true. And should you be held as accountable to like? the full extent for something you did when you were 13 or 14 years old, as opposed to a 25, 26, 27 year old adult. Mm. Now, where's the line between, okay, let's allow this person to grow. They were young and stupid. Mm -hmm. Did a bad thing. As we all are. 
Exactly. I was a self-proclaimed Republican at one point when I was younger. That doesn't mean all of a sudden now I'm still trying to fuck my sister. Like that was a very dark time in history. Yeah, but we're happy about it. But it was a thing that you have to acknowledge, especially if you want to stay grown. Growth. Look at the distance traveled, and that's. (laughs) I think your point. In accountability, it's like if we let these people grow or give them the space to grow. The distance travel could be so much greater sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, without a doubt. And actually, I think this is kind of a decent way to just to try and stay on topic as possible to segue into the like, how do we feel about and then we can segue into one of your points that I'm thinking about. How do we feel about the notion of if someone knows someone who is canceled, does that mean you are canceled by association? Oh, Christ. And that's a very difficult topic to think about. Because, like, and you and me, like, kind of lightly touched on this, like, the one time we were talking, which is, like, the sense of, like, we specifically use the example of not to, you know, don't, if you're of the age, take a shot every time we mention James Charles, Jeffree Star, or Shane Dawson. Let's see how (laughs) fucked you get. Um, Actually, don't, because you'll probably die of alcohol poisoning. I think it takes 22 shots, so we've definitely said it over 22 (laughs) times at this point. Don't do it. Don't ask why. No, it's 22 shots. I'm not suicidal, except for, you know, whatever. Um... (laughs) Uh, like, especially the James Charles situation. You and me had a conversation where I was like, I do not think a lot of the people who knew James Charles knew what was going on. And you had said, I think, you had said like, oh, there's no way. I think someone had to have known. And it's kind of like, it's weird because that's another example of if it doesn't happen on the internet, nothing ever happens. So it's like how we don't know because it didn't happen on the internet. So we don't know who knew. The people who know, we don't know if they knew. So... Is someone guilty by association there? A good example, LeRae. Yeah. LeRae was an influencer who was friends with James Charles. Uh, uh, presumably, by the way, because like this was all online. So who knows if it wasn't. But they had an online standing relationship a few months prior to the allegations coming out. But if we're looking at time frames, the allegations, like the things that happened in the allegations would have happened while James and LeRae were friends, right? Yep. So do we all of a sudden say to LeRae, hey, you were friends with James Charles at this time. Like, what the fuck? Even though Lorraine now has publicly distanced himself from James, and ger- before the allegations he publicly distanced himself, is Lorraine all of a sudden somewhat held accountable for the fact of Lorraine most likely, honestly, didn't know, considering to all we know the extent of their relationship was only an internet collaboration relationship? And then do we, <sighs> and then do we ask James Charles' management team, hey, how are we supposed to know this? When, how do we know that James Charles' management team would have any idea? It's a sticky road to think about because that's my biggest issue with cancel culture too is that everyone is so quick to be like, no, 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 fuck you for this. Uh, Actually, a good example. I'm guilty of this. I actually am guilty of this with the person named Glam and Gore, which her cancellation was a big thing where uh, a lovely YouTuber named Swoop, who I watch to this day, I love Swoop, she's lovely, came out with a video saying that, not only saying, but proving that Mikey had a lot of transphobic, homophobic, and racist actions uh, behind the scenes to bring herself above queer creators and uh, black creators. So, like, during brand trips, she would talk down about black people to her black friend, or she would talk down about queer people to her queer black friend being Swoop. And so, I believe Swoop is queer, by the way. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe she said she was bisexual. I could be incorrect on that, though. I don't want to. I have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm saying viewers, not you. Don't worry. Viewers. Okay. Because I'm sure if this actually, for some reason, gets anywhere, they'll somehow know. YouTube always fucking tells you. Um, 
<laughs> I always know in the comments. But YouTube yeah. is always watching. <laughs> the internet has its eye out for you. It's but um, true. yeah, so she came out with this big video and this big expose on her being like, like, she said these really awful things, like atrocious and atrocious things. And like, especially why this was such a mic drop moment was because Mikey Glamangor was so outspoken about queer rights and black rights and was huge in the Black Lives Matter. She was one of the white influencers that tried to act like they were like a part of like, you know, the movement, even though it had nothing to do with them. And it was 110% oh, white people talking over black boy. voices. But we won't get into that conversation. That'll be a different time. Um... Yeah, so she was one of those influencers, though, that was, like, doing that type of stuff. So it was, like, especially jarring to hear Mikey be like, oh, my God, she said these extremely racist things and have done all this. Right? She's like, rah, rah, team Black Lives Matter, and then behind the scenes, she's saying terrible things. Yeah, team Black, she's like, Black Lives Matter to her boyfriend. She's like, God, those filthy N-words, they're just so dumb. But get the bumper sticker. Get the BLM (laughs) bumper sticker so everyone knows. Uh, those transvestites are so fucking stupid, aren't they? They just keep getting clicks. It's so <laughs> dumb, that Nikita Dragon bitch. Like, just saying that stuff. By the way, I said that because I'm a trans person. Don't fucking come for me, comments. I will rip your fucking heads off before you can even get me. But <laughs> I'm prepared for them. What can I say? Uh, yeah, so one of the things that I did, though, where I'm guilty of just assuming by association you're guilty was her boyfriend. I was like, oh, there's no way Anthony didn't know. I still stand by the fact that he probably knew. And also, I will say this was 100% own personal bias by me because I hate Anthony Padilla with a fucking passion. <laughs> I'm going to out myself. I'm an Anthony hater for the fact that he does basically the same shit she does. But to me, it's so much worse because he, he his whole like thing on YouTube is to do this thing where it's like, like bring in XYZ group being like a furry or a drag queen or even like bisexual people or like asexual people and then talk to them. And it very much, it's like, painted as like this educational like look these people exist look at them but it comes across as like literally colonizer shit it's like it's like literally when you it just feels so much like look at this little group of stupid people it's okay us straight people white straight men are gonna be kind to them and give them a platform because we support (laughs) like it very much gives that energy like i've never gotten a good vibe from any of his videos if that's like just me having a bias towards white cis men because of you know my history then you know what fuck it it's my bias whatever but i will say i do think i had unfair judgment in saying oh there's no way that he didn't know when like realistically he probably dated her after all this shit and for all we know she has changed her ways in this now granted did the evidence show that no not at all considering uh the reason why swoop even made the original video was because mikey had reached out to her after Swoop had made a tweet about a different influencer being racist, and Mikey was just like, hey, girly, how are you? Da, da, da. Didn't even try to attempt to apologize though, or say anything about it. And just, yeah. like, tried to basically manipulate her, literally. And said, like, a bunch of gross shit to Swoop as well that was, like, very manipulative and clearly manipulative. And then tried to get her friends to be manipulative. I will say, Anthony never said anything, so for all I know, Anthony had no fucking idea. And I think it's not fair of me to have said Anthony's guilty when there was no proof that Anthony knew. Now, her friend Peter, Peter and the cameraman, now he knew because he texted Swoop and he fucking went off on her but you know we'll just sidetrack that one but i think it's a good example of like i think especially cancel culture to bring it back to the main topic it's so easy to fall into and i'm a good example of this as someone who i think i'm pretty level-headed and usually are hesitant to be on the cancel train um i even fell a victim to this where i was like no no no, fuck anthony like where i was just mob mentality like no he's guilty by association yeah i think 
think the questions we have to ask ourselves is a in relation to the content creator how responsible are they for the conduct so if you're that person's manager or spokesperson or PR team, you know what? You're going to get burned because you chose to represent this content creator. But if you're a friend, you should be I held think... accountable for what you signed the contract to. Exactly. But if you're just a, a buddy, just a friend, then I think really it's down to that person's reaction, right? And nuance as well. Because it's like, are you yeah. their bestie and you spend every day with them? Or did you meet them once at Playlist Live and like follow each other on Instagram? And are you defending them even if there's like, super <laughs> super amounts of proof that they did this thing or are you like you know what Jeff, i like this person as a person or... but what they did is shitty you know yeah 100 percent. actually that's a really good point yeah it does it, it is about the conduct of the aftermath i think you're right in that to oh, hold people just guilty by association is bullshit yeah. <laughs> that's my bottom line that's yeah. my opinion yeah, I think yeah, I think from a general standpoint, if you don't look at the nuance, yeah, guilty by association is pretty fucking dumb. It's pretty fucking stupid. Uh, quickly, I don't really think this has to be touched on for too long, so I just want to drop it in because I don't know when else we're going to insert it, and I want to move on to your point about uh, separating the artist from the art. But firstly, uh, the idea of like ego in cancel culture, which I think I kind of touched upon with the Anthony Padilla thing, where I'm like, no, Anthony has to be that way. I feel like we also have to always question, like, why do we feel as though we are justice? Why do we, the internet, decide <laughs> we are adequate to be the... What's the symbolism of justice? Isn't it the girl with the fucking weights? What's that called again? Justina? I think it's Justinia. Justinia! The statue of Justinia. Why are we fucking Justinia? We're not. But we always treat Sword ourselves scales. like it. We always feel like we're Justinia on the internet. And I feel like there should always be a question of, like, to an extent, obviously, if you're, like, a part of a fan base, I think there's, like, leg room there of, like, we have to hold our content creator, like, accountable in the sense of, like, yeah. If we're really going to talk from the most, like, if you want to hear do the most brain-dead take, yes. If you are a part of a content creator's community, you did make them. Sure. Have your fucking moment. Whatever. But there is also, to an extent, of, like, why does it fall on your lap all the fucking time? And why are certain things on your lap and certain things not? Well, and I mean, maybe this isn't a popular answer, but I think we've entered are we ever? an age where everyone thinks that they are the most knowledgeable on, on things and that they can just make these decisions based on research. And I put that in quotation marks because they can look up something on the internet that means it's true justice and jury bam they know all the facts they don't even have to hear outside information Judge, right jury justice i'm also the warden in your prison next door i also do a part-time job at max's you wouldn't know me my name is miranda it's whatever <laughs> well <laughs> and I, like I, pardon me for saying this but people just don't know how to stay in their own fucking lanes anymore and shut the fuck up why because it is an option pardoned for that statement <laughs> Like, it is an option that you could just shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. it, it, that seems like not way of the land. Oh, easily. Yeah, 110%. Uh, yeah, a big thing. Why do you need to put your hot take out there? My favorite thing that the internet does, I actually made an entire TikTok dedicated to this. It got no views and no likes, but it was a fucking funny take, <laughs> which 
Yeah, that's right. I am bitter. Because when I make something funny, I, I want people to fucking see it because it's fucking hilarious. Which is the fact that when you scroll through any social media, it is hilarious. Because look at the comments. It's people saying the same thing over and over again, thinking they're original when they're not. And all they had to do was read one fucking comment above them. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. But you admitted yourself that you were so lazy in doing any research, you couldn't even read a comment above your own. Exactly. You're that fucking lazy. My favorite is seeing a wall of like the exact same comment that looks like it's copy and pasted on like a bigger influencer's page or even on my own comments. I get them. Or like my favorite thing is people commenting during like YouTube videos or during like anything and like commenting halfway through without getting the full context of the situation. This happened to me again oh, on TikTok where I had joked about how two men have shown up to my house because they got broken up with by my friends. And it was a fucking <laughs> hilarious situation to me because of course they show up to my house, not my friend's house. Why the fuck? These are two separate people, two separate boys, both showed up to my house, both threatened to fight me over their girlfriends breaking up with them. What the fuck? Why does it happen here? And I made that joke on TikTok and someone was like, sounds like you need to date better people. And I just responded to that comment and being like, I said in the video, it wasn't me. What do you want Open me to do? Open your ears, ma'am. Yeah. Why'd you comment if you didn't listen to the whole fucking thing? And my favorite part about that, the guy didn't respond, deleted his own comment. I was like, oh, <laughs> huh, funny how that works, you fucking moron. But to move on to back to cancel culture and not just, you know, promo my fucking TikTok 24 seven. Um, so you want to, you, you, you introduce your points. I always have been interesting points. Oh, my thinking around cancel culture. And I say this next point. Yes, I am thinking about JK Rowling. So we'll get into that. It's okay. I have a person to talk about too, that people are not going to like, <laughs> so we're both um, in a boat. We're both in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> At what point can we separate the content creator or the artist from their work. Now, mm -hmm. When is it okay to still consume their stuff, even if that person is either a shit person or they've been canceled? Okay, you seem to have feelings about J.K. Rowling there, considering you said shit person. Wow. Well, <laughs> uh, J.K. Rowling, what she has done is J.K. Rowling her career into a bonfire. Fuck that yeah, and she's doubled down on, on the hatred, and she knows what's happening to the trans community because of it. So she just doubled down on it, uh, very misguided. So we've had this conversation before, but yes. J.K. Rowling no longer owns Harry Potter, because guess what? <laughs> Bitch, you ain't taking a series that was so important to me when I was growing up just because you decide to be a shitty person. It's mine. Well, I own it. Well, and, you know, this has to also kind of go into, I honestly, I think kind of... I'm not saying backtrack, but back backtrack to, like, the continuity and, like, the subject of, like, it actually relates to the guilty by association thing in the sense of, like, for something like that, especially when we're talking about the context of Harry Potter, you cannot expect an entire queer generation to all of a sudden act like Harry Potter never existed and didn't give them their queer awakening when it did. When Harry Potter, and this is another thing with the artists and the art, it's so many times in art do artists not realize like the underlying stories they're telling 
And a lot of times there is unintentional coding of characters. A good example of this is in like the median I pay the most attention to, which is anime, which is riddled with queer coding. And more times than not, it is purposeful, purposeful. <laughs> but in a lot of situations, it's also not purposeful. And the fact that like, and especially on top of this, I think this also kind of gets into a broader uh, conversation of like gatekeeping in these situations, because guess what? No, the Harry Potter community does not need to just drop Harry Potter or else they're transphobic, considering Harry Potter was one of the only trans pieces of media during the time, which is why so many people who read, watched, or took part in Harry Potter are it has such a wide queer community. You cannot all of a sudden act like that community doesn't exist and just isolate them entirely. You can't do that. That's not how that works. So in the context there is also important too because like it's not like Harry Potter was just a standard book series. That like there wasn't like Harry Potter was known for its queerness. I'm sorry. J.K. Rowling can say what she wants. Bitch, you're fucking dumb if you think that there you don't have a massive queer audience. You're fucking stupid and brain dead. Well, honestly. And she leaned she loved the support and love of her queer audience until, uh, until she decided <laughs> to roll out with this shit so it's like okay so you've benefited from this group she of people to profit off of you for how many years and now all of a sudden you're gonna take you're gonna draw your line in the sand and then just obliterate fan base mm -hmm. um that being said that I mean, said, Harry Potter's the best series ever. You should go watch the new Mr. Fantastical <laughs> Beast movie. Like, just start a full fucking promo. I mean, it, it, it's definitely not the best, but it is meaningful, and I refuse uh, to let her have that as the shitty no. human being she is. You know? And at the but... end of the day, also, not to cut off, but I think, you know, I'm an art student, so I know some things. Um, the biggest thing about art when it comes to writing, even writing, making a video game, whatever art you put out, you can't really claim it as your own anymore because it's up for everyone to interpret. Art that is put out to a wide audience belongs to the community. It no longer belongs to the writer. And that's something that I think a lot of writers don't understand about art, is that once you write characters, if your community sees your character as trans and you have not stated whether they are trans or not, that character is trans now to that member of that community. And that will not change whether you want it to or not. And you cannot force it down their throat all of a sudden. That's not something you can do and it's not something that you can change because it's art. Art will always be subjective. There will never be a point where it's like, this is definitively meaning this. There is no other way of doing this. A good example was like in my course, she showed us an art piece, one of my courses, uh, my art history course, and she was like, what does this represent to you? And me, being me, made it about capitalism and hating the rich. So I was like, oh, well, like it represents like the death of the rich because there's a skull next to a bunch of rich, lavish shit. And she was like, hmm. and I think her answer was the best because she didn't tell me I was wrong. But she said, now, see, you are looking at this from a 21st perspective socialist view marxist view of our notion currently in the wider idea of like you know there is a disdain towards the rich and like this like class who has benefited off of the lower classes suffering and we are all like most of us are in agreement of like that class sucks and she says so you're looking at it from like your current perspective but back then it didn't mean any of this to a lot of the people and rather it represented the a grand scheme of time and how time is ever so fleeting and it was representative of like death being like a thing of time and then there was a burning candle and it was supposed to be like the goldenness at the end of the candle that was holding the candle itself was meant to represent the time after death and the candle burning was this and it's like that oh. yeah so it was an entire i interpreted it entirely differently from how it was supposed to be but the best part about this teacher was she didn't say i was wrong because i'm not 
Art is subjective. That author can say they they made it, or the artist can say they intended it to be interpreted as time, but me interpreting it as eat the rich, fuck the rich, fuck them rich fat pigs isn't incorrect either because that's how I interpret it because when you produce art and when your art is produced and given to the public, it is no longer for you to decide how other people interpret it. That is true. Now, is there a line in the sand that we should think about drawing when that person is particularly... Uh, you know, particularly fucked. So, say, I mean, circling around back to Jeffree Star and James Charles, their art, in the form of the makeup they make, sell, Mm -hmm. is there a line we should draw where we say, you know what, I'm not going to support this anymore, I'm not going to buy their stuff or consume their products? She really is coming for me for the fact that I own products from both of those people. Okay, just expose me. Um, Pre-scandal. Pre-scandal things. (laughs) Yeah, the products I own are like fucking four years old now. So, I mean, it's not like it's a big fucking thing. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think it's like, it's very hard because to lean it away from Jeffree Star and James, since honestly, we shouldn't be giving those people anything. Uh, I figured my good example to kind of lean into this when I said like, oh, I have a person to talk about if you're going to talk about J.K. Rowling is... um, Billie Eilish. I love Billie Eilish's music and I love, like, what she produces. And her actions have been, needless to say, fucking questionable and borderline gross. So, but I still support her as an artist. So it is a really unique situation of, like, and I think, especially because another thing that I think a lot of people don't look at from this perspective of, like, well, should you support them, da 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 I think a lot of people don't realize that we live in a society that, like, not supporting someone as an individual isn't going to change anything at all. If mm, I true. stop listening to Billie Eilish, that's not all of a sudden... Billie gonna, Eilish don't give a shit. Yeah. Her <laughs> revenue isn't going to drop all of a sudden. It's not like she's not performing at fucking Coachella like she's going to. Like, it's not, it's not going to change. It's not. And I think the best thing that i ever heard someone say that i think is the best like in the middle of like you know i still love billy ash's music but you know i'm not a fan of like what she's done is the notion of you can still support someone you can still listen to their music but you don't have to publicize it and you don't have to give them the time of day for like you to speak on is a good way to put it so like i i like i listen to billy ash's music However, I will never go out of my way to recommend someone Billie Eilish's music because that, to me, is going to help her in her career. So I would never say, go stream Billie Eilish's new song, da-da-da-da. But I will say, though, is go stream Lil Nas's new song and album. Because I think that's a really good point. Yeah, and I and ever since, I don't remember who said it. So please, if someone sees this on YouTube and for some reason fucking knows, you psycho, is comment it because it was uh, it was an individual and i was like that is such a good way to think about it it's such a good way to think about like you don't have to sacrifice something you love because like i love bilash's music i love her voice i haven't heard someone sound like that before and another good example too is also look for alternatives if you can if you can look for alternatives so like for the james charles and jeffree star stuff you can find alternatives to their makeup that is better look i'll be honest jeffree star isn't that fucking good i'm gonna say it i'll say it i'll say it the lip kit was bad the lips were bad doesn't have shit on Anastasia or Fenty. Are they good? Sure. But in comparison to what you can find in the market for the exact same price, is it the best thing you'll ever fucking buy so you have to buy it every time there's a drop? No. 
you do not. That's something that you can 110% find something else for the exact same price for at some point. I will say, I don't think the brands that I mentioned were the same price. I think they are more expensive than Jeffrey. I could be incorrect on that, but I think they are. But you can find this, you can find something good. That is Jeffree Star. So then when it comes to like specifically products, I think more times than not, there's usually, unless it's the pinnacle of product. So like, for example, Anastasia. I love Anastasia. I'm sorry, I will die with Anastasia. Like, I'll die. I'll die. I'll just die. I'll die with her. She's going to be in my cast with me when I die. That is a product. That is a brand that I live by. I die by. Same with Fenty Beauty. I will die by both those brands. Easy. I do not think anyone on the makeup market makes products as good as them at all, period. And I do not think it can be argued otherwise. I mean, sure, you can have your opinion on that, but it's wrong. So don't try it. Whereas if you can feasibly find a dupe for something like that, I think it works. Whereas I think like music's a little bit more difficult because I think every artist is so individual in what they do that it's hard to kind of find music. And same with writing too. Like I think there's certain art forms that are really difficult to find a dupe for. So I think it depends. And I think that's where like my rule of like, just don't advertise them and just don't give them extra time that they don't deserve. I, I 100% agree. And the last thing I will say on this is you know, we are living in a hellscape right now. So, a dystopia, if you will. <laughs> a dystopia. So if I get a lot of joy from consuming a product, you know, let me have it. like you said, let me have it. And by me boycotting this thing, it's really not making an impact. So yeah. I'm just going to I'm going to be happy about this little thing and not sure. advertise the shitty person that made it. I like that. As much as like. I, at least in my opinion, I think most people, you know, except for, I guess, a lot of Canadians, considering we're voting for conservative, want <laughs> a socialist society or like a communist society. Such as those buzzwords have like really bad connotations behind them. They mean equal rights and equality to everyone. It means getting rid of copyright laws. It means getting rid of these things that deny us from our freedoms. It means allowing us to, for example, fucking eat and drink without having to literally break the bank. These things happen in these worlds. And most people, I think, want that kind of thing. But I think most people don't realize that just because we want it doesn't mean we can have it. So yes, although maybe someone may love Jeffree Star's makeup and think it's the best thing in the world, they may not be able to find something that brings them as much joy as a Jeffree Star eyeshadow palette. So if they want to buy it in the sanctity of their own home and use it, just fucking let them have it. Because realistically, hey girl, do it. We live in capitalism. We cannot just say, fuck you, capitalism, and then just not live in cap. We will die. We will die if we do that. Exactly. There is not, like, we have this huge choice. Things like this, like, the shift in culture that these people want takes fucking time. It won't be in your lifetime. It won't be in my lifetime. It probably won't even be in our kids' lifetimes if we have kids, which is not likely. But, <laughs> like, it's just not. And so, let people enjoy what they want to fucking enjoy sometimes. Exactly. Agree. Okay, go on to your next point. So huh? we've covered everything else except for my one last point, um, which is, I think my generation has kind of seen this play out more than yours. But all of these childhood actors, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they started with the Disney Channel or like as these little baby teeny boppers and doing the cute things, and then they all get into trouble when they hit their their teen years. Uh huh. And then they go through these periods of cancellation, which mm -hmm. we're all like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? And, and then we find reasonable. out. Exactly. And They're then... always just teenagers being fucking teenagers. And well, it's like, like, and? <laughs> well, exactly. But then you get like Lindsay Lohan, who went off the rails, and that was a big deal. And Britney Spears, who mm -hmm. shaved her head. Top but now here we are in 2020, 2021. 
find out all of the context about what happened when you yes. know we were busy laughing our asses off at these mental breakdowns and cancellations then we find out the whole context and the true story so i'm really interested in your opinion on cancel culture at the intersection of these childhood actors that are now in adulthood yeah well firstly i want to call you out fuck you you ageist piece of shit because you're wrong <laughs> uh no my generation definitely deals with this it's just we haven't seen the repercussions yet and that's the difference because my generation first off we've seen some repercussions my generation had people like logan paul and jake paul which have definitely gone through this type of mentality and i will say though what happened to them is very different and i think it's because they were men in uh the industry at the time mm. And they get in rather than what happened with because uh, notice that one especially commonality that I think we'll we'll go we go back to like the intersectionality of like who can be canceled and who can't be canceled. Notice how all the people you listed were women, firstly, and how most likely the reasons why they were actually canceled was because they were supposed to be these pristine like Britney was supposed to be a pristine Southern Belle, even though her label was knowingly and actively sexualizing her. She was still for some reason supposed to keep this ideal woman who's never going to have sex and just be married instantly as soon as she turns 16 and then have a child 17 and it was like firstly not fucking reasonable or accurate but also i think the reason why it doesn't seem like my generation has these things is because it's just moved from television to youtube uh, that's a good point family channels. and i apologize for being ages. ageist you fucking ages piece of shit i'm gonna cancel this fucking podcast if you continue this but fuckery I guess a good example for for you would be Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is a great example for me, but I would also say just to further what I mean by YouTube though isn't like just like YouTube stars though. I'm talking specifically about family channels. People who shell out their children to make millions <laughs> on YouTube. And I'm telling you, now there's been talks right now, honestly, this is going to sound like I'm just like, what are those fucking YouTubers who like watches YouTube? Obviously I watch YouTube, da, 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 da. but there's been a lot of talk right now in the commentary community where it, we talked about family channels a lot. Family channels have been a hot discussion. And I think it's because of the free Britney movement because people have been like, Hey, like these kids are like being worked for like however many times they vlog a day. Right. And it's like, and I think the big reason why, especially we've seen, I wouldn't say a shutdown in like the like childhood like meltdowns and cancellations from like TV. It's mainly because we now finally have like laws that are like doing their job to keep these children safe. Are they perfect? Of course not. And yes, they still need lots of work. But they're doing something. We can't not acknowledge that shit has changed. Yes. But on top of this though, where it differs now, there are no laws on YouTube. And in a lot of these situations, laws are never put into effect because these family channels are just seen as like mom and pop vlogging their daily life. Hmm. When it's like, that's not in a lot of situations what this is, and it's actually these children going through a tremendous amount of stress. Like, the best example that I'm sure the viewers will know is Daddy05, which was a family that like was like very physically, mentally, emotionally abused to the, their children. And it was all... On, they did it on camera, which is why they got caught. But imagine if they were doing it on camera for everyone to see what they're doing off camera that no one can see. And imagine what these family channels are doing when it's like, oh, like, good example. It took me five tries today to do our intro. So imagine what that's like for a kid in a channel where mom and dad are sitting there and like, for fuck's sakes, Gregory, we, we've done this ten times. I need you to fucking smile at the camera and say hi, everyone. Like... Imagine that type of environment. And then what's the line that's blurred when your caretaker, the person that's always supposed to be responsible for you and look after you, is now treating you like a cash cow and treating you like an object to their empire? 
And I think that's that's what happened is I think that's just switched to YouTube now and switched to specifically family channels. And I, and it's been, it's been echoed throughout the commentary community that I, I, and I agree. I think in the next five to 10 years, there are going to be a lot of these kids coming out and being like, what happened like to me was borderline abuse and was abuse. And actually a really good example of this is, um, I'm not sure if you're aware uh, of, I want to say her name is Jeanette McCurdy. Which is another good example of me. She was a childhood actor. She was uh, Sam on the TV show iCarly. I'm sure you remember me watching that when I was very young. Uh, yep. So she came out and she was like, I was the primary breadwinner for my household and it was really bad. And I like, she talked about like how like mentally it fucked her. She like became super suicidal, like super like just fucked with mental illness because she was the breadwinner for her house. She was on a mainstream television show. And, like, that... Her and, like, Miley Cyrus are more of, like, my generation. Mind you, Miley Cyrus was less for me because I never seen Miley Cyrus until her spiral. And by that point, I was already a teenager who was like, yeah, me too. I feel that. So I didn't really ever have any problems. So, but, yeah, I think that it's mainly... They've switched places is mainly what I wanted to say. Is It's just, like, it's not on mainstream television anymore because it's not allowed to be on mainstream television anymore. It's a really good point. Really, really good point. But, and so just to jump back onto what the actual, like, original topic was, it's like, <laughs> the idea of, like, this cancellation and not knowing the full thing, and this can be, like, so applicable to, like, every cancellation that's happened, not even just, like, these child actors either, is it's like, we, we'll never know. We have so much information that we gushed over earlier on the whole fucking bi-sister situation, and none of us fucking know anything still. We still don't know what happened there. For all we know, James Charles did end up doing what he was accused of, and we're just... What James did was just pulling the shit out of his ass. We don't know. One of the things that we still don't know was, like... And I... I, don't, I hope that this is not, like, seen as rude, but, like, the Dolan twins in that situation uh, is a really interesting fact because, like, it was, they were said that they were going to speak out against James, and then they never did, and then, like, they made videos with Jeffree Star after by Sister, so it was kind of like, wait a minute, what? Like, there's a lot of confusion there, and we still don't know. We still have no idea what happened. Not saying that they have to tell us, but it's just a good example of, like, we don't fucking know what happened. Everyone just assumed that James did something to the Dolan twins, but, like, why wouldn't they speak up. Were they too scared? Or could the Dolan twins have done something wrong and not wanted to be outed by James? Like, what could have happened there? We'll never probably know, because at this point, fucking Dolan twins have disappeared off the face of the fucking internet. Who the fuck knows where they went? They said, thanks for rolling our fo- podcast, guys. Fucking bye. And, like, never fucking made another podcast again. So, who the fuck knows what happens to them? On top of that, I think they also, like, stopped being the pretty boys on the internet, and people were no longer just like, ah, Grace and Dolan, fuck me, and we're actually starting to treat them as human beings, and when, you know, their shitty behavior was starting to be called out for them being fucking assholes, it was like, ah, I can't be a fuckboy on the internet and be loved still? <laughs> ah, damn it! Bye then, like, besides the point, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we don't have the context, and we never And will. we just never know the full story, nope. and yet... We are, like, wielding the full weight of the internet to cancel these people without the full context. Playing Justina again. Why is it our responsibility to be Justina? It's fucking not. But for some reason, we're like, yes! And I will say, though, as much as we're shitting on cancel culture, there does have to be somewhat of an acknowledgement that cancel culture can do good things. I don't think cancel culture... I don't think we would have gotten as big as a thing as Free Britney without cancel culture, in my opinion. I... And so I think that there is 
kind of an acknowledgement, since we've been shitting on cancel culture this entire time, to acknowledge, especially in this segment, since we are talking about Britney, about that without cancel culture, we wouldn't have as big as a free Britney movement as we would. Would we probably still have one? Yes. But would we have actually been able to wield the power to be able to persuade the public and persuade the people in the legal course to actually fucking help Britney and get her the help she needed. And also, even Brittany acknowledged that the overwhelming amount of support that she had really motivated her. And without cancel culture, that wouldn't have happened, frankly. So although I'm like, eh, fuck cancel culture, because fuck cancel culture, it usually does do more things than bad. There is a certain amount of acknowledgement that has to come into. We wouldn't have these great things like Free Britney. It's true. And I think we've been talking about it, like, sort of trying to parse it out and the complexities of the thing yes i think i still land on at the end of the day it does do some good things it does some really harmful things and sometimes it's just not equipped to deal with all the contextual elements mm-hmm. of these situations you know i think more times than not it's not equipped to deal with it, <laughs> actually i'll i'll be brave i'll be brave yet controversial i genuinely think cancel culture does some good things but i also think it's it Whenever it does good things, it's always on accident and it's never on purpose. Yes. I think. I wonder be- if that's just because human beings are sometimes shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably. Intentions pave the way to hell, basically. You know. <sighs> yes. Fuck. <laughs> it's just. Cancel culture is cancel culture is cancel culture. I feel like I had something else to say about the childhood shit, childhood trauma, heart, but I I can't think about it. I will say it's also like, like the depravities of cancel culture. I guess is like a good way to end on it, and just like thinking about what some people get canceled for, and like what oh. some people are thriving for. Yeah. I think is a good way to probably round it all out. James Charles, you know, pretty much a confirmed pedophile allegedly. Getting a million views every single video. Actually, you know what? For shits and fucking giggles. Let's go to the James Charles YouTube channel. But, like, that is, like, acceptable. Yes. But then, like, no offense. Not to compare, but, like, Billie Eilish saying something when she was 15 years old that could have been taken in the light of racist, but also could have not been, depending on your stance on the situation as well as being alleged to date someone who said some granted heinous shit however heinous shit seven years ago there's certain there's certain things there that you're like no james i didn't want to hear you say hi sisters there's certain things there that is like like really really like you think Billy Eilish shouldn't have a career, but James Charles should. Not saying that anyone actually thinks that, but it is just like there's certain depravities of like, you know, why is someone else get canceled for this and yeah. not like someone else? Jeffrey Star, why is Jeffrey Star fucking thriving right now? But like, you know, Todrick Hall's career actually took like a hit from that whole like not paying someone scandal, which he actually paid them. It just turned out that the fucking bank fucked up the payment, so we literally didn't even do anything wrong. Exactly. There's no justice to the the justice that cancel culture <laughs> offers sometimes. No, there's justice. Justice dick in your mouth. Sorry. Well. Sorry. You're, you're canceled for that. Thank and... God, because that means I'll probably <laughs> skyrocket to like 1.4 million views on this YouTube video. Because <laughs> that's what James has right now. True. 
Okay. Well, I think we've said mainly what we've wanted to say. I think so, too. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, my pussy is a super soaker, and it needs some milking, so I'll put my Venmo down below, and y'all can, you know, get to it. Absolutely. Do you have any final thoughts? Oh, this has been actually a really wonderful, complex conversation, and I would love to hear what any of our listener, listeners slash viewers have to say or contribute. That's right, you filthy fucking queers. Get to your fucking keyboards and start going. If you want to argue with us, uh, we don't accept that, but we will accept cash payments. No, actually, no, don't listen to him. We do accept that, because if you argue with us in the comments, we will be pushing the algorithm, and then I'll get more views and potentially get paid for this. So please, please, argue all you want. I won't read it, and I won't give a fuck about your opinion, but you will help me. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay. This has been Tea Talk with me, Enigma Bazaar, and my lovely co-host, Jack. Until next time. Next time, we will be discussing the drama cast, where we'll be going the ins and outs of what drama went down this month. And if I don't talk about it, it's probably not that important. So be sure to tune in next time and listen to us talk. <laughs>